0: The Travers $100 Budget Horse Racing Picks Edition of the Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app to get last-minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. Use promo code SGPN for $20 off. And we're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse magazine. I've got my Cuban link on. Yes, Cuban D. I'm your host, Chase Sesums, the Wolf of Oakland. Welcome to the show uh i can't say welcome or happy travers week because i've said it like five times I, I think uh through just this morning and also through uh, recording the podcast um but what i will say instead is uh welcome to uh, a first timer joining me today uh you might know him one half of drinking champagne with friend of the show uh josh rodriguez cherry drink owner developer proprietor and brain trust behind andrewchampagne.com where he's got some great in-depth handicapping analysis uh, on the daily, pretty much. And also, what I like, not afraid to share his opinion. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: Mr. Andrew Champagne. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, this Travers Week, uh, we're recording this on Friday morning, about 12 hours after a patented Saratoga monsoon hit the track at the end of the Thursday program, so... We, we got to monitor the weather, unfortunately. It's one of those things. Uh, the forecast I saw last night said 50% chance of rain on Saturday. Didn't say anything about how heavy it might be or anything like that, but do factor that into your handicapping. One thing before we go forward, I am assuming that we're going to be on the turf if we wind up off the turf just accordingly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, pretty much. I feel like the rain has a sex panther odds at this point, just like 50 percent, you know, 100 percent of the time or 50 percent. I don't know. I just butchered a Paul Rudd line, um, which uh, has got to be upsetting to friend of the show. Paul Rudd. Uh, Travers weekend. I mean, it's a holiday. It's time to be around people you love. Uh, Is this one of your favorite uh, weekends
1: in racing? It is. Travers weekend is always a big deal at Saratoga. I grew up, for those of you who don't know, about an hour and a half south of Saratoga race course. Saratoga was where I spent a lot of my summers. And as I tell a lot of people, if your first exposure to horse racing comes at a track where even the people who go there all the time don't want to be there, you're not going to fall in love with the sport. If your first exposure to horse racing comes at a place like a Saratoga, You get the bug right away. And Travers Weekend is special. Really, every weekend up there is special. I grew up when it was a much shorter meet than even it is now. It's 40 days, and this is where I'll get on my soapbox. Naira, don't fix something that's not broken. Don't extend Saratoga. It's great because it's a boutique meet, and if you try to extend it and make it something it's not, you take away some of the charm, and you kill the golden goose that lays the golden egg. So now I'm off my soapbox and we can focus a little bit more on going through this Saturday card. I had a lot of fun going through it. A lot of wide open races. I think a lot of chances, especially early in the card. I think for some mid range prices that aren't necessarily surprises, but that you look back and go, wait, how did this horse pay 15 bucks? Right. Right. Well, let me go ahead and set it up for you. It's Saturday, the Saratoga Travers day
0: card. That's, the Saturday, the 26th of August, Year of Our Lord, 2023. First post, 1140 a.m. Eastern, 1040, God's time. You got four grade ones. You've got just a killer card, I think. Uh, I think it's going to be really competitive. Uh, what Andrew and I are going to do, uh, if you're uh, new to the show, uh, do this occasionally. We do a $100 budget. You play it any race. You can use any wager type. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of how we think the best way to make money on the card will be. Uh, you know, I had a personal strategy here, which was, um, I've done a few shows, uh, for like Saratoga and other, uh, you know, other tracks where I put a lot of time and effort into it and then everything cancels. And that is demoralizing. So, uh, kind of in that vein, I'm avoiding all turf races except for, uh, the sword dancer, which I think is the only race that they're likely to keep on turf. Did you have an entire, you know, strategy for the card that you were, uh,
1: employing here? Sure. So I looked at the card and I realized, okay, I think you can play the all stakes pick four and the associated multi-race wagers pretty skinny. Uh, It's one of those instances where I think you can see several logical favorites in there, plus one favorite that I think you're supposed to try to beat. And you can play that accordingly for a, a small amount of money. But if you're right with those skinny opinions... If you hit a double or a pick three and a pick four, you tack everything onto one another and you wind up with a pretty good day. And it just so happened that my other two strong opinions on the card came in back-to-back races. So it worked out pretty well there. I tried to avoid turf races, but my very first wager comes in the fifth on a turf race because I really like that horse if it stays on the turf. So that's just one that I couldn't avoid given some of the uh, likely prices that I think we're going to get in that spot. Well, let's go ahead. Let's dig in. Um, the Actually, the first challenge
0: of the day will be uh, me sitting on my hands for three races because that's <laughs> always uh, just absolutely impossible. It's not
1: easy, man. It's not easy.
0: No, no. Because when it comes to early races, uh, it's something I'm definitely just a dirty little pig boy for.
1: Little pig boy. <laughs> Can I get the definition? Little pig boy. He's that
0: pathetic, dirty bitch baby mistress gets to stand on. All right. Race four, six furlongs, $62,000, a non-winner's at two-somethings. Read the conditions for yourself. I'm not here. I'm not your reader. I'm not here to read things for you. Uh, It's an optional claimer. Uh, I'm in for 20 between two plays here, and I'm going to make a bold uh, prognostication uh, that we likely see a very speed-favoring track tomorrow. Here's why. I got two points. The legendary Naira Marquis Day Juice track uh, is, is usually in play uh, on days like Alabama Day, Travers Day. And uh, as the Saratoga main track surface starts to dry out, uh, which you're not going to get as much moisture tomorrow, it turns into a conveyor belt. It is a, a moving sidewalk like we saw on Alabama Day. Uh, it, I think that's pretty consistent. I'm hoping it is. Otherwise, I'm screwed. All right. I think you could see a scenario uh, in this race where the two early speeds just kind of merry-go-round the track and finish in the exacta. I think lot on Saturday with occasional deeper closers, you know, somehow running its eyeballs out, getting into second. But here's the play for me. It's going to be a win bet on the 10. Sorry, a win bet on the 8. Sky and Sand at 6-1. $10, it's Robertino Diodoro first off the claim. And every bit of my Arky bread body uh, is th- those words, Robert... You know, Robertino Diodoro first off the claim, claim set off the uh, the tuning fork in Maloins. Uh it, it ran a monster race for Jack Sisterson on uh, August 4th, wiring the field on and off track. Now Dio picks it up, and he's typically good for a pop first out. So uh, I, I think those odds likely hold. Uh, I, I probably get somewhere close to that six to one price. And then what I'm going to do is play a $5 exact to keying that horse on top. Uh, and then I'm going to use two horses underneath uh, the two, my Harbor dream at 12 to one uh, it's in for a uh, David Jacobs. Say say Gets Manny Franco up ships, you know, it uh, ships uh, out of town and drops in class to get a win at Delaware. Now they're sending it back and it's thrown into deeper waters. And I don't think my Harbor's dreams necessarily drown, but I do think that the gelding is in the perfect class to show it's a uh, it's true dangling crystal, crystal light fixture nature. Uh, and it just kind of chandelier hangs, but gets into second. Uh, and then I'm also using the seven Milton, the monster uh, at six to one underneath. It's another horse that has some big hang to them that I like to juice up the exact. Um, albeit not a, as large of a price as uh, my Harbors dream. Uh, we'll stay closer to the pace than the, uh, you know, than the last out running line shows, I think. So I like those two underneath. Uh sky and sand for Diodoro. That's my first play. I'm in for 20. Andrew's got his first play starting race five.
1: Yeah, So this is a mile and three sixteenths on turf optional claiming event. And this honestly looks a lot more like a stakes race than your basic optional claimer. Welcome to Saratoga. You get races like this. So you've got a couple of horses in here that if you're a fan of the of the circuit for a while, you're going to recognize and you're going to remember. Um, in particular, if you've been a fan of the Naira circuit for a while, you recognize number eight cross border. And I'm intrigued as to why that horse is in here because i remember when they decided okay his flat career's over we're going to try him over fences and it's not like he ran badly earlier this year but you've got to wonder okay what's going on here having said that the horse that i really like breaks to that one's inside at five to one on the morning line that's number one Drive. Drive last year won the lure stakes here at saratoga at odds of 23 to 1 is two for three over this turf course horses for courses are very real things when you're talking about the saratoga turf course and ever since then he's been running in graded stakes races which are very clearly just too deep for him as far as waters wise goes but the race two back in the Fort Marcy, it's not like that was bad. He was fifth beaten four lengths by much, much, much better horses. Ottoman fleet would have this field over a barrel. Last time out in the Monmouth handicap, sixth beaten five and a half, comes back to what I think. Is a more friendly class level. And because this horse hasn't won in a while, I think we're going to get that five to one morning line price. Javier Castellano rides for Tom Morley. They have histories where they win races in bunches together. And I feel as though this is one of those times where you can't ignore that horse. I'll have $25 to win on Dyna Drive. And I will also key Dyna Drive in a cold $5 double that goes in race number six, which also houses a spot play for me.
0: Nice. Well, race six is going to be six furlongs, one hundred and thirty six and a half thousand dollars, which they round up in the, you know, in the past performances to one thirty seven. Uh, just let's just call it one thirty seven. Let's just do that. Let's just let's be clean. Right round number. What six furlongs for a bunch of uh, two year old fillies here.
1: And what you said? Ice cold, I heard. I heard ice cold. Where are you going in race six? So this is a really fun race. And honestly, most two year old races at Saratoga. Are fun races because you're seeing a lot of horses that have been on the work tabs that are usually coming in with really good works. And every once in a while, you see something really special in these races. The horse that I'm gonna go to, though, is for a trainer whose first time starters usually don't work as fast as this one has. That's number four, shoplifting, who's trained by Tony Dutrow. Tony Dutrow's horses sometimes need a race or two to get going. He does not work his horses very fast most of the time. He doesn't go out of his way to see his horses work four furlongs in 47 flat out of the gate. But that's what this horse did on August 16th. Came back with a three furlong bullet on August 23rd. And I think there are plenty of reasons to believe this one is a runner. Buy into mischief out of a mare named Miss Shop, who was a grade one winner and was a half to several other really nice horses, including Trap Shot, who was one of the best sprinters in the country during his time. Six to one on the morning line. I feel like if a Pletcher or a Chad Brown trained this horse, it'd be five to two. I think shoplifting is very, very live at that price. $25 to win on that one, and that closes that $5 cold double. So we're 55 bucks in through the fifth and sixth races, and honestly... If one of those horses wins, we've assured a profit for the day. Everything else is gravy. So we're just trying to set the bar and clear the bar, as friend of the show Ed DeRosa likes to say when you're talking about handicapping strategies throughout a day. So shoplifting for me is going to be a key horse. I think that one's a runner.
0: I I, I like the play, and it's, it's because it actually goes against one of my personal preferences when it comes to workouts uh, for a horse runs, which is... I like what I call the ass man power move, which is yep. the, the quick work leg stretcher and in, uh, but that's usually for claimers, you know, horses that might be leaving the barn. I hate seeing bullets for horses that might be claimed. Cause it just feels like marketing to me when you're in, uh, you know, the horse is in for a tag. This just feels like straight up ability. Um, and speaking of bil- of ability, we all have the ability to visit our good friends at game time.co dot com. Not .com. Co. What is Gametime Co? It's the place to get your last minute tickets for all sorts of events. We're talking sporting. We're talking I, other things you buy tickets for that elude me right now. I don't know. Uh, I'm a Swifty. yeah, Taylor Swift concerts. Why not? Uh, check out gametime.co. You can browse through the gametime app and talk about upcoming events oh you know upcoming events in your area. Talk to your friends about Gametime Co. That's what I'm saying. It's so good that you have to spread the word. Uh, You can get cool things like flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find uh, and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, and you can even get images of the seats that you're getting, which is great for me because I'm awful at translating 2D to 3D. So, snag tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download GameTime today, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed and while we're talking about friends we might as well talk about underdog fantasy who's a great friend who reminds you that august is almost over and you know what that means time is running out for you to draft your fantasy football team on underdog fantasy get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy all you do is one live snake draft no waivers no trades you set it you forget it and underdog does the Rest. They're giving out 15 million this year. If you win this best ball tournament, you're winning 3 million. That's bananas. The time is now. The last day to draft your fantasy football team is September 7th. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with promo code SGPN to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code SGPN. Concerned with your play, call 1 800 GAMBLER. Speaking of gambling, I've got my next play in, uh, and actually starts, uh, we, we, we skip over to the, uh, the stakes races. Here we are into the meat of the card. Uh, I, I then somehow managed to sit on my hands from race four to race nine. I might have to take a nap or I don't know, just go walk aimlessly around the mall or something for a bit. You can
1: just go outside and like sniff grass or whatever. That's what a lot of people could benefit from. I got to tell you that.
0: You can, you can sniff it now. I knew that yeah. there were the gummies and everything, but hey. sniffing is wow.
1: Hey, do what you want to do, man.
0: That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's uh, race nine the seven furlong. H Allen Jerkins. Uh, and what I'm going to do here is uh, I, I've got, I mean, I'm going to play a win bet in uh, every single one of these races. Um, I want to get money for my best opinions if I'm right um, and not lose money. If my best opinion is right. And my, some of my lesser opinions don't finish in second and third. Uh, so I, I will be playing the pick one here, but I've also got a trifecta and daily double that I'll run through this because uh, I've got two horses that, I, that should be overlays that I'm interested in playing uh, in the Jerkins that I, you know, I intend to play vertically and I'm going to combine those two horses with a free square in race 10. Uh, if you believe that the pair of Bob's Arabian Lion, and Fort Bragg are beatable, uh, then there's money to be made. And, and with the track bias that I'm calling before the fact, I see a roadmap to that destination there's not a lot of variety in run styles here uh, with these horses. It, it should be a pretty tightly packed group hitting the first t- turn. I'm going to go ahead and drop a win bet on the five New York Thunder at five to two. I feel like the Bobs are actually a gift here because I think they're going to keep the price fair on New York Thunder because everyone's expecting uh, Bob to come riding in and hell to be following behind him. Uh, this horse has done nothing wrong. It will run you into the ground anytime, any place, any surface, like I said with Ed yesterday, on broken glass in the parking lot and an abandoned pizza hut in front of your grandmother, New York Thunder will run you into the ground. And, I, you know, I if you got two Bob entries, I think this price holds at five to two-ish, if not floating up a little bit. Uh, so that's my win bet. And then I'm going to just my favorite club in the bag for when I have a, multiple overlays, which is a part-wheel trifecta here. Uh, I'm going to use also verifying. I think verifying needed a little bit of time in the shelf on the shelf. Uh, you know, it's cutting back in distance. And then plus the horse has a little bit of rate to it. And that's really going to pay off uh, whenever New York thunder is stretching this field here. So uh, I- I'm going to play a part wheel exact or sorry, trifecta going three, five on top and second, three, five, and six wheeling or uh, a Ara- Arabian line. And then I'm going to go one, two, three, five, six, and just toss Fort Bragg the hell out of here. Um, and then I'm going to go ahead and use those two horses in my daily double, a $10 daily double. Uh, and then I'm going to treat Echo Zulu and the Ballerina as a, as a free square. So I, I'm just going to try to juice all the value out of Echo Zulu because I, I think it's going to be slammed in, in verticals in that race. You're not going to get very good win odds. I think horizontally, horizontally is going to be the best way to make money off of it. Uh, Andrew, you had a play for the Jerkins as well.
1: Let's hear it. I, I did, yes. And this is one of the things that I love about this game. And I say it at handicapping seminars that I do all the time. When you have people that have combined to watch thousands upon thousands of races, stumble onto a race that has a six-horse field, and see a race completely differently. It's my favorite thing about this game, which is paramutual in, nat- in nature. It's my money against your money against the money of everybody else in the field. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes we're all wrong, but either way, there's another race coming up in 30 minutes, best gambling game on the planet at its best, man. Anyway, I don't think Arabian lion loses. Unfortunately, uh, I don't think he's going to be a price. I think he's going to be favored, but I look at the race, New York thunder ran last time out. And I understand that he's four for four and hasn't done a lot wrong. And it's entirely possible that New York Thunder makes me look like a moron. Would not be the first time. But I see a horse going from a 97 buyer to a 110 buyer. I see a horse that since then has gone back to Monmouth and posted two very slow four-for-long workouts. Maybe that's because Jorge Delgado has him where he wants him and doesn't want to break anything. There's also going to be
0: consideration that he might be, you know, bending the the fabric of time too, with how fast he's running.
1: It could be. I mean, maybe he's running four and a half furlongs and they're missing it. I don't know. There's
0: the concern that if he hits 88 miles per hour, that he'll go back to the
1: 1950s. There we go. And they'll have to make three sequels about it. Yeah. (laughs) So my thinking is though, maybe he's loaded or maybe he bounces. Would you agree that he's either going to win off the screen or be fourth, beaten ten, and there's no middle ground? I feel like there's not going to be a situation where he runs a strong second in this particular race. You know, that's the the seventy five thousand dollar optional claimer at, at Gulfstream gives me a
0: little bit of hope that this isn't just a you know quit as soon as the horse is headed sort of thing. But just looking at the at the run style currently. That, that's something that just these horses tend to do. They get headed and then they drop anchor. they they just quit. so I, I kind of tend to to agree with you uh, that New York New York Thunder could fall off the uh, board completely.
1: Yeah, so with that in mind, I think Arabian Lion is doing what he wants to do. I feel like Bob Baffert took a while to figure this horse out. This was a buzz horse out here in California for a while, late last year, won the maiden by three lengths, went into the low south futurity and was two to five that day and did absolutely no running. The difference between that animal and the one we saw this past spring at Pimlico and at Belmont, night and day. Uh, Gets a cushy outside draw. I feel like sits a perfect stalking trip and gets first run turning for home. And if you're trying to outkick a Baffert, I don't like your chances. Arabian Lion is a single for me in a $2.50 pick four that has three, count them, three singles. So my pick four reads as follows. It's six with six. I agree with you. I think Echo Zulu is a free square with two five, and yes, I'm tossing the six to five favorite more on that later. That's called foreshadowing kids with one that's six with six with two, five with one. It'll cost you $5. dollars
0: Listen, You should hit andrewchampagne.com Cause there are more of those literary tools at play. Whenever he does his analysis, he, does, he foreshadows, he alludes, he does it all. Um, yeah, I I mean, I, I get it. I like your take. I'm with you on the Echo Zulu. That that we can agree with. Also, we can both agree uh, that it's okay to uh, preemptively congratulate Arabian Lion on his victory the day after Christmas in the Malibu Stakes.
1: Uh, yeah, that's definitely one of them, unless Arabian Knight shows up in that particular race. Uh, either way, we can congratulate Bob Baffert on his victory yeah. in the Malibu Stakes. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it, and your Exacta too. Two checks for you. Oh, speaking of two checks, hopefully you do so well this opening call opening weekend of college football that that the sports book has to pay you multiple times. And the sports book I'm talking about is DraftKings. You've waited all year and the time has finally arrived. College football is back. So the traditions, except for uh, big and rich, telling me that college football is coming to my city. They're not doing that anymore. I I heard yesterday Uh, the tailgates. And the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, the customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. I'll give you one I like for this weekend. Give me Jacksonville State making the move to FBS. Getting Rich Rodriguez. Rich Rod is the head coach. Wow. So, kick off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly. And they bet just $5 on any college football. But when you bet just $5 on any college football bet only on DraftKings sports code, a Sportsbook with code SGP gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com slash sports for details and state specific responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. One last word from our friends at us check out our patreon sign up for the patreon to get access to exclusive contests including the nfl win totals contest with a thousand dollar first play uh first place prize the guys just recorded their first sports gambling podcast stories podcast just for the patrons chronicling the birth of the sports gambling podcast network that's right we've been around so long we've got fucking folklore there is even a discord channel just for patrons the sports gambling podcast has and always will give out all their picks for free. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling sports gambling com slash Patreon. That's sports gambling com slash Patreon. All good folks. All support our friends by, by visiting them, taking care, you know, taking advantage of those pros. Um, but we're, we're, We're done thanking friends. It's time to just one quick thing
1: before we move on, because Mm -hmm. if we're talking about college football, we need to talk about this. I'm in the Bay area. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am within driving distance of Stanford and Cal. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about the absurdity of that? Apparently being the Atlantic coast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty messed up. Absolutely.
1: We can talk a little bit about the geography and stuff, whatever. But the one thing that I feel really bad for, are the kids in the Olympic sports who now aren't necessarily getting the treatment, the NLI stuff, all of that other stuff. And you're telling me that if you signed up to play softball at Stanford or Cal, you've got to go to wake forest and Florida state on weekends. Good luck with your studies, kids. Hopefully Stanford goes easy on you. Yeah.
0: Uh, and I hope you're able to keep it together for the once in four years you get to play water polo on television, you know,
1: it's just, it's hard. And I worked in college athletic communications departments. I know mm-hmm. a little bit more than I should. This is going to be bad for a lot of people.
0: Oh yeah. It's the, there's no, there, I'll, I'll go on my brief diatribe here. There, there's no consideration for uh, the fans or for the, the quote unquote student athletes, because if if you did, you wouldn't be flying them cross country, maybe multiple times a, a week. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty ridiculous, and it's also kind of ridiculous that they had to that two of the finest you know academic institutions in the country had to you know struggle to to have someone let them in. You you had to have the other coast let you in.
1: Yeah, I mean it's one of those instances, and I know this isn't the kind of music that gets played on this podcast, but the interactive portion here should be. Go to YouTube, search for Money by Pink Floyd, and press play. Yeah.
0: Or or we could, we could Notorious OTB-ify it. We could do the dub side re- of the moon reggae version there we of go. Money. With that, instead of the cash register, it's like lighter clicks and bong bubbles. All
1: right.
0: <laughs> uh, it's, it's amazing if you haven't heard it. Uh, all right. And on that uh, note, back to Saratoga. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, we might need an interlude after that one. Here we Tramblin', go. Scrambling, gambling. I'm just rock with lens and violins. We just sitting here trying to win, trying not to sin. Time off
1: weed
0: and lost gin. I to play music interludes and don't do like the rap uh, rap CD sk- you know, skits in between. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Race 10. Andrew kicks off a play. I'm letting my daily double run through there. He's going to try to do more uh, with Free Square Echo Zulu. How are you taking advantage of it?
1: Yeah, so if I'm playing. In the pick four, I may as well play a pick three with those same horses. So five, five pick threes, six with five with one. Echo's the horse number six in the program ran an absolutely monster race to win the honorable miss a 112 buyer speed figure geared down the last sixteenth of a mile. She could have won that race by as many as she like she was beating up on cans either dr b is a nice horse shows up in this spot frank's Rocket, very nice horse this one made them look like claimers this is a horse that is a horse for the course three for three here at saratoga won the spin away as they're old and i think get another great one at that route in the ballerina all due to respect to some nice horses in here good night olive we know how she's Monterey and Halo are both very nice. Horses.
0: All right. I get back into it in race 11. My fifth play, if you will, uh, the 12 furlong sword dancer. And you're, you're, uh you know, upstate New Yorker. But Marv Levy, the legendary coach of the Buffalo Bills, used to say regarding the weather in Buffalo, when it's too cold for them, it's just it's right, just for, right for us. Well, you know what? When it's too soft for them, It's just right for Bolshoi Ballet. I'm going with a win bet here on the three for $10 Bolshoi Ballet at five to one. And I think that people are unduly riding this horse off by saying the horse can't handle the distance. And I don't think it's accurate. I think that Bolshoi Ballet uh, likes pillowy softness and boggy conditions on the the turf. uh, And he'll get it here. The soft ground and pace makes Bolshoi Ballet a very attractive play to me to beat a favorite who doesn't like cutting the ground. Uh, you know, you have, you have, I think was it, Rebels Romance. Am I remembering correctly? I didn't pull up the PPs cause I'm not a good host. Let's see. <laughs> oh, sorry. Stone age. Uh, yeah. Stone age is, uh, it's just an oddity. I mean, it's a, a horse that runs in, in Europe, but technically doesn't like the softer going, uh, and then you also have to worry about uh, you know, you had the Dubai bounce, so I'm calling this the Doha ricochet, I guess. Uh, i'm I'm concerned about shipping back uh, from from Saudi here or where oh, sorry Qatar. Um, there it goes, you know, I'm ashamed to say that I was the sixth grade geography B uh, champion, um and that I just uh, butchered the Middle East like that. you know yeah.
1: you peaked early. there's nothing wrong with that. You peaked higher than most, yeah, yeah, I. I, I was the good bounce. I, you oh. know, I was like, like when you're you from music. You ran one race, you had a 115 <laughs> by your speed figure, and you never ran again.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, the other horse I liked in there, um, and the reason I didn't put it in here, and I, this is actually uh, an embarrassing admission, was uh, Channel Maker. Uh, I, I think that Channel Maker is like the the paper champion of the world because it's like there's so many just excuses for Channel Maker or usually running on, on firm turf. And I throw out the softer, you know, uh, turf figures. And so, like, everything averages out to where Channel Maker looks pretty strong. It's this weird thing where one plus one doesn't equal two. It equals Channel Maker uh, for some reason. Uh, you've got a daily double starting here, uh, in the, uh, sword dancer, uh, how you swashbuckling it.
1: So this is fun because we're both going against stone age. We're using four horses and we have none of them in common. So (laughs) this is kind of funny, but I hear what you're talking about with those two horses. And we both agree that stone age is vulnerable. My thing with stone age is this, in addition to the six month layoff which, yes, Chad Brown knows how to navigate better than just about anybody. He also hasn't won since May of 2022. And I feel like at some point, with how much talent this horse is supposed to have, I'm not saying that he was supposed to win the group ones in Hong Kong or Qatar that drew some insanely nice horses. You're telling me he couldn't have won the Belmont or Saratoga Derbies? At some point... He's got to win something in order to justify being six to five on the morning line here. I feel like if anybody else trained Stone Age, you'd get five to two or three to one or so, which is what I feel he should be. If Stone Age wins, will I be surprised? Not really, but I can't play him at that likely price. So I'm going too deep in doubles, exact as pick threes, pick fours, everything. My top pick is number two for who I didn't think had a great trip last time out still ran second behind channel maker who had a picture perfect trip to win the grade two bowling green. But in seeing this horse, this horse has run one time at a mile and a half. And all he did was win the Elkhorn over red Knight, who came right back to be a grade one winner first stop. And I think is the value play in this particular race. I think he's got some tactical speed and I think he'll at least have channel maker and whoever goes with that horse in his sights and being a little bit of a better position than the horses that need a pace up front and are going to be incredibly surprised when the half mile gets posted in 51 and change New York turf racing folks get used to it for stopping is my top pick I'll also use because I think he's the upside horse in this particular race and if he wins I'm never going to get eight to one on him again that's number five pioneering spirit who had never had tried the turf a long, 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 long time ago, got back to the turf four starts ago, and has since looked like an absolute world beater. This is a horse that has not looked like a loser in any of his last four starts, including an optional claiming event that saw a couple horses come out of there and run okay in the John's call the other day. Pioneering Spirit was going to be favored in that race. They scratched out of that race to run here. I think that's a vote of confidence, and I need to at least include pioneering spirit in my play. $5 double in here, 2-5 with one, so trying to beat Stone Age. If Stone Age beats me, I'll tip my cap and I'll move on, but at 6-5, to five, to me, that's a favorite you're supposed to try to go against. And if you're playing those multi-race exotics, you need to take a stand against a favorite somewhere, and I feel like this is the most logical spot to do that.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh also worth noting that Chad Brown does not have the Green Bay Packers offensive line entered along with uh along with uh you know Stone Age here, uh running running blocker, running the old Green Bay sweep. Um all right. Here we go. It's the big race. It's race 12, 10 furlongs, the Travers. It's a culmination, it's a celebration of the Saratoga meet. And traditionally, this race has some big balloons uh, at the celebration. Uh, prices typically win, win the Travers. It rarely chalks out. Uh, I will say I'm firmly against uh, not my Jim Dandy winner, uh, Forte. Uh, and uh, due to pace, due to my predictive bias, uh, I think you can maybe beat Archangelo. Uh, when I was putting together my uh, two-day pick six here, I used Archangelo uh, whenever I'm playing, you know, maybe the, the pick five for this day, I might throw out Archangelo and I've got three other horses that, that I intend to use. But where are my manners? Guess first, Andrew.
1: Tell me what we're doing in the Travers. So we agree on one of the horses you mentioned. We completely disagree on the other. I'm against Archangelo at his likely price. Fantastic story. If you look at this horse, you see Gina Antonucci, who doesn't have a lot of horses in her barn winds up training the Belmont winner. Great, wonderful, fantastic, happy for her, happy for a sport that is in desperate need of good stories. I'm not entirely sure that going a mile and a quarter at Saratoga against this group of horses that are going a distance they're better bred to handle is going to be what this horse wants to do because unlike every other horse in this field, this horse was bred to go a mile and a half went a mile and a half got a world-class ride from Javier Castellano on that particular occasion. And if you had that horse at about eight to one, that was a great call by you, but I'm not betting this horse at five to two. And if Arcangelo winds up being a freak and winds up being the best three-year-old in the country, there are worse things than that. I'll tip my cap and I'll move on. But if you know me at all whatsoever, you know how high I was on Forte before the Kentucky Derby.
0: Yeah, no, I, I have I have Twitter and have eyes, now I'm familiar.
1: It was the strongest Kentucky Derby opinion I have ever had. I woke up at six o'clock on Kentucky Derby day to my phone blowing up. Forte scratched. And that sound you heard at that time was me saying a number of words that I'm not going to repeat on this podcast just in case somebody has a kid listening to it with them. I think Forte is an insanely talented horse. The Jim Dandy was what it was as far as how much contact there was in that race. Uh, I happen to think Saudi crown coming out is not getting enough look as far as how that stretch want run was, I don't think it was necessarily all Forte's fault, but I also think that some comments made by Mike Rapoli, the week of the Jim dandy might've influenced the decision of that race. Just a little bit. Remember so, when Mike Rapoli was thinking about leaving horse racing, right? Right. So yeah, yeah. having said that this is Forte's third start off the bench. I think you can argue he came into the Belmont a little bit short given the fact that he had that foot bruise leading up to the Kentucky Derby, had to miss a little bit of time. I think Forte's loaded here. Uh, I think at his best, Forte crushes this group. He's a single and everything for me. And I'm going to finish out my $100 bankroll with a couple of $5 exactas using Forte on top of number four mage. And number five, National Treasure. Mage, I did not think ran badly in the grade one Haskell when he was beaten by Go Rocket Ride, who could be a very serious racehorse. This is a runner that didn't have a lot of experience going into the Haskell, was coming off the bench, and won that race like a really nice horse. I thought Mage was going right by at the top of the stretch. And uh, Mike Smith channeled the Mike Smith of a long time ago where when he went to the left hand, nobody got more out of a horse. Mage, I think, is live going back to the mile and a quarter distance that we know he's won at before. And I can't completely ignore National Treasure either off of what might have been a bounce in the Belmont because I don't think there's a ton of early speed in this race. There's some. I think Scotland is going to go early, but I don't think there's going to be a lot necessarily in the way of a battle up front. And as you mentioned, Naira tracks can be speed favoring on big days. And if you're trying to run down a Baffert, good luck to you. Uh, if In fact, if you're going deeper than just singling Forte, which is what I'm doing, and you're playing a couple of B tickets, National Treasure at eight to one is not a bad bet to me. One with four or five though, in a $5 exactus for me. And that's my $100 bankroll. There you go. He's the... The C note is spent. He's got everything out on the
0: table. Uh, listen, this pick that I have for the for the Travers uh, goes a- against every part of my being. But uh, for my for my pick one here, uh, I'm going to go ten to win on the five national trick. <laughs> I just bought a dinosaur like Nicholas Cage. Uh, hey, what happened? Hey, what's going on? I you mentioned it. It's the pace. I think they crawl. I think they crawl on the front end. I think that's, you know, if you want to beat National Treasure, you need to break, get out, run next to him and poke a head out in front and hope that that subdues him. Uh, I don't think that Scotland's necessarily going to try that. I think Scotland's might maybe going to try the the close stocking first run kind of thing. I mean, I don't think he will be far off. I think he'll try to make National Treasure uncomfortable and run a little bit faster than he wants to. Uh, because, you know, if he doesn't, everyone's just going to sit back and watch National Treasure get smaller as he runs away. Um, so I think Johnny V could end up walking the dog here. And uh, I think we get a really extremely obnoxious Bob Baffert uh, afterwards if this happens. Like, I'll take the money. Don't get me wrong. I will take the money, Andrew. But I'm going to hate everything that comes out of that man's mouth uh immediately after also in, re- in regards to uh, to the children listening to the pod you shouldn't do that um because i might be prone to say something that like michael jordan once said which is uh, fuck them kids all right <laughs> moving on uh how am i finishing it up i've got a 1 dollar trifecta here uh i'm going back to my favorite club in the bag which by the way my favorite club in the actual golf bag is like a 70 degree wedge that i call flopadopopulus um so i'm playing a flopadopopulus trifecta here uh, I think the speed carries these two horses. So I'm going to put national treasure on top with Scotland. Uh, for one, it's not like Bob horses are immune to gate trouble. Uh, it seems like most Bob horses for some reason have conniption fits at the gate. Uh, so who's to say that Scotland couldn't break on top here. And if that's the case, I-, I would love to have a trifecta with Scotland on top. Cause it's another situation where I don't think anyone's going to go with them. So, I'm gonna go, uh, National Treasure and Scotland on top and second. I'm gonna be wheeling in Archangelo, and uh, I, I think I might have made an enemy out of our new friend. I'm trying to beat Forte all the way out of third. Uh, I'm gonna be two five six seven. I'm even throwing in uh, disarm. Um, that's that's it. That's that's my play. I'm in for for my my uh, my hundred there with the uh, the one dollar trifecta and the ten dollar win on uh, National Treasure. Uh, May God have mercy on us all.
1: (laughs) You know, honestly, though, if you're trying to swing for the fences in the Travers, I don't hate that strategy because you're banking on national treasure getting to the front, which seems likely. You're banking on disarm improving with blinkers, which could happen. I mean, you mentioned the Asmussen work tab. And I'm very happy you mentioned that because that's one of my favorite angles, regardless of class level. When Asmussen's horses have a monster two back work and then have sort of a maintenance work. That's a big angle for me. I like that. The only thing that I'm not crazy about is disarm has run up against these horses before, but could disarm run second? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not like this horse isn't bred to go a mile and a quarter. He's by gun runner out of a Tappet mare. And he's going to be the second or third longest shot on the board. I mean, I I can't fault that logic. I'm very happy when you said that, oh, this goes against everything. Doesn't it feel like Tappet Trice is going to take way too much money?
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I, You know, I did the on the wrong uh, lead stream with uh, Josh and Mark last night and like josh stopped everything to do a, a psa which was if you're betting tap it tries just stop it stop doing that what are I you doing love
1: that man very very much <laughs>
0: he's he is a good guy uh josh rodriguez the cherry drank um i fun fact whenever i first got on discord uh uh he he uh took a little dig at me and then i i went too hard on him and uh and made him quit discord temporarily and uh it was easily the the most regret that i've ever had in my life i like i was finding anybody with the words cherry and drink in their reddit uh username and be like i'm so sorry i didn't mean it
1: (laughs) oh geez no i actually uh met up with those guys when i was at saratoga a couple of weeks ago for four star dave weekend and Josh happened to be there. Mark Capitan was there because he's in the area. Uh, Caleb was there as well. Uh, Caleb, my God, that guy is – Total package out there He's starting yeah. a program at MIT I mean, he's got a lighting crew And makeup crew that follows him Wherever he yeah. goes He's it's, it's uh, fucking beautiful yeah, it's a, just a
0: gorgeous human being Camera
1: doesn't do it justice, people But uh, no, it's always good to be able to spend some time with them uh, If you were a fan of the Drink and Champagne podcast First of all, thank you uh, We're investigating getting that back live At some point in the near future So we'll see how that goes But uh, no, this is fun, man I mean, Saratoga is special In a lot of ways I'm not going to lie to you This meet's been hard Uh, not from A parimutuel perspective but just It hasn't felt like Saratoga With the exception of A couple of days thankfully I was there For a few of them because four star Dave weekend Was a lot of fun the weather actually Cooperated we saw some fantastic Performances but You look at the weather you look At what's probably the worst breakdown I Have ever seen with Maple Leaf Mel And the test yeah Yeah I, I between who it was Where it was And how many people saw it I was two years old When Go For Wand happened I don't remember that As clearly as I Probably could or should Or as people who are A little older would That's the worst one That I have ever seen And you get stuff like The Pick 5 disaster Where they changed surfaces A minute to post you knew that there was A communication breakdown Somewhere you just didn't know where It was not great And there have been times where Saratoga hasn't felt like the Saratoga we've all come to expect. And I'm hoping it feels like the Saratoga we know and love. On Saturday for Travers Day, 13 races on the program, some of the best horses in training. I mean, we went through this. We didn't even talk about the forego that has gunite and elite power. Uh, There's some really fun races on this card, folks. Dive in. There's no shortage of chances to get involved
0: yeah i i one of my uh favorite slash least and also least favorite uh saratoga uh hiccups of all time has to be the uh photo where they forgot to turn the lights on you remember that there was a photo finish at the end and they didn't have the light on at the wire and so they were just Mm -hmm. like dead heat we guess i think that's how it and uh also, I got to get back to the Caleb Knight, uh, you know, topic because uh, it's one of my favorite. Which is, uh, I got to meet his dad whenever they came to Oakland, and I'll tell you, the the full, you know, the fully mature North American Caleb Knight looks is a handsome handsome man as well. So, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna
1: age like an investment grade Stagsley Cabernet. I think. <laughs> oh, that's great! Yeah, it's uh, now those guys are good guys, and uh, now Saratoga's been home for me for a very long time. I've seen a lot. Uh, You hear a lot of stories. Uh, The Alamuse story is one that a lot of people who instantly go on Twitter and say "worst stewards call of all time need to read up on because with Alamuse, they didn't just disqualify a horse that didn't deserve to be disqualified. They disqualified the wrong horse. (laughs) It got to where John Preachy, one of the all-time great turf riders, left the press box, barged into the steward's office, and said, "I respectfully submit, you've taken down the wrong horse." That's a that's a very uh, collected and
0: calm thing to say after barging. You know, not not many not many well thought out statements after a barge. You know, it's usually just like, ah, "I can't believe it. that's yep. that's what I expect after a barge." It's
1: Kramer from Seinfeld most of the time, but uh, John <laughs> Creachie was able to, to manage himself. But yes, if you're not familiar with that one, Google it. And the next time you say, oh my God, worst disqualification in the history of horse racing on Twitter, know that you're wrong. Yeah, I, uh,
0: I get in my feelings and I say those things. I also, uh, also know that I'm often
1: wrong. Just kidding. Never lost. You know what? That's the thing about this game. If we're wrong 70% of the time, we're doing really well,
0: <laughs> Right right it's it's like being it's like being a hitter in major league baseball Exactly. Uh, if you if you hit for 30 you know hit hit at 30 percent, 300 for your entire career then you're a hall of famer pretty yep. much um yeah it's it's a tough game our our best trainers only win two out of ten well, it's, hard. it's a hard game
1: the, well, the, you know the best trainers that are operating in ways they can sleep at night with
0: fair that's fair that's an excellent point uh andrew this has been an absolute pleasure welcome to a uh, friend of the podcast status uh there is a velour jumpsuit with our logo on its way uh that we expect you to wear proudly all about town
1: oh um, my fiance is gonna love that
0: yeah it's i mean she's gonna be able to put her you know head on your chest and feel the softness of the velour on it. i mean i might have just improved your love life andrew um That's going to do it for us here at the Notorious OTB. Man, we've put in some work from Travers Week, and there's nothing left to do but sit back and enjoy it. Special thanks to Ed DeRosa. Thank you to Andrew Champagne. Uh, Thank you to myself for for rolling solo on Wednesday. If you guys are amazed that I can talk to myself for 30 minutes, you don't know me very well. We'll catch you next time with more Notorious OTB brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast
1: Network.